You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with the property management coach and industry influence of the year, Kirk Stafford and guests. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, an Australian first platform delivering the total property care solution to help property managers provide a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and to save them processing time on this maintenance. In Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and a digital signature platform to provide all your property documentation in one place, giving you a seamless approach to the way you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Well, hello again and welcome to another in Series 2 of the Influential Conversation podcast. My name's Kirk Stafford, as you know, and joining me today is a woman I've known for about 10 years, I think it is, Renee Whitehouse, who is the Director of Property Management for Harris Property Group. Renee's been in the industry for 22 years, worked in diverse locations across uh, Victoria or Melbourne particularly and into Queensland. Currently, uh, the uh, rent roll that she's um, in charge of is 175 properties. There's two of them running it. Renee, welcome. Hi, Kirk. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. This is actually a, a conversation I've really been looking forward to to having because you and I, as I said, we've known each other for a while, and mm-hmm. I, I sort of look at I, I look at you as a as a bit of a dynamo. I really do. And I, I've watched your Aww. your your path um, basically over the time that I've known you. I'm thinking. Gee, there's a there's a woman who's going places. So, tell us about you. How did how did you get in to property management? What drew you to it? <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, literally, I fell into it. Mm-hmm. Not not gonna lie. Yep. I through my school journey, I had no clue what I wanted to do. My auntie works in real estate. It's actually. I've got my auntie who works in real estate in Melbourne and I've got a great auntie who used to work in real estate in Brisbane. So I loved hearing their conversations around property and real estate and I've always liked real estate. But, yeah, when I finished school, I had no clue what I wanted to do and I literally fell into a a receptionist position. Mm -hmm. Um, I started at uh, Hocking Stewart in Carnegie back in the day. Yeah, I I was at that office for a few years. And I did, yeah, reception, office management, advertising, trust accounting. And I assisted the PM team briefly while some of them took leave over the holiday period. And it sort of sparked my interest a little bit. And then I did a little bit of travel after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I travelled around Australia with um, a friend who, who you know very well, Psychos. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the old photos. Yes. You, you two yes. had, had a hell of a trip. We did have a hell of a trip. So I have I actually work with Di at Hocking Stewart in Carnegie, so she gave me mm-hmm. the my first ever real estate gig. And so, yeah, travelled around mm-hmm. Australia for a couple of months and ended up back in Melbourne in a job that I wasn't – it wasn't – giving me joy, I guess. Yep. And I made the decision to move to Brisbane. 
So I moved to Brisbane when I was in my mid-20s. I lived there for nearly six years and that was when I got into property management when I was up there. So I was working uh, in New Farm, which is a really amazing suburb just on the north side of the river in uh, just past the CBD. It was such a great experience. I really loved working for that team. And when I was employed, I was employed as being like the office manager. I did the advertising and the trust accounting and that type of thing. But the property manager who was there, she left after about 12 months of me being there and mm-hmm. um, my director asked me if I wanted to do a bit of a change and step into the PM role. So I did and I loved it. Um, when I left, I think from memory there was about 250 or 300 properties that we were managing and there was a couple of staff that I was managing as well. Towards the end of me being in that position, I was literally working myself into the ground. Mm, yeah, we, we have a tendency to do that. Oh, too, <laughs> yeah. And the thing was like all of my family was back home in Melbourne and the majority of my friends uh, were back home in Melbourne. And I think in the last 12 months or so of me being there, I had come home to Melbourne at least, I don't know, maybe seven or eight times and I was thinking to myself, why am I, why am I doing that? Why, why, why still be here? Yep. And I wanted to move back and be closer to my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when I was up there, there was, um, may, yeah, maybe a couple of years of me being up there. I got some really terrible news that my parents were separating. So it mm-hmm. was really, it was really hard to be away mm-hmm. from my family, particularly at that time. And I'm sure, yeah, obviously people go through a whole heap of stuff. But for me, and you know me and my family, so we're all very, Mm -hmm. very close and tight-knit and that just threw me for six, I think. Yeah, and it would. I think that that sort of news would throw anyone, and particularly, like you said, when when you're so distant from it, Mm. even though it's only a couple of states away, it's it's still, it's a gulf really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I decided to... Uh, leave where I was and uh, come back to Melbourne. So, yeah, I moved back to Melbourne when I, just before I turned 30, and then I ended up, it took me a while to find my groove, I think, Yeah. when I moved back to Melbourne um, in terms of finding the right fit of a job. I... I don't want to bore you with the details, but there was a couple of different agencies that I'd worked for, the little stints, and they weren't the right fit, just the wrong dynamic with myself and the directors of those businesses. And they saw things differently to the way I saw them. And some I felt were a little bit unethical and didn't have the right values and morals that I held. Mm -hmm. So that's where it becomes a bit challenging. And look, I I think we all. Regardless of, of, of where we are in life, there's always a period where we we go through that sort of period where we're, we're not settled, where things yeah. just don't seem right to us, yeah. and you just go, "Well, you know, what is it? Is it me? Is it the job? Is it where I'm living?" Mm. It's, and you've got to look at it that way and say, "Well, mm. it's actually yeah." And if it's the job, yeah, there's no harm and there's no shame in saying this doesn't suit. We're not a good mm. match for each other, and yeah. you you've got to then. For your own sake, and also for the sake of the business that you're with, mm. say okay, it's yeah you know, maybe maybe this maybe this isn't a good thing for us. Yeah, yeah, 
it was really uh, it was really hard and really tricky for me because I've I've always been a worker, mm. and for me to not find a groove and to not feel like I have a, like a home like a work home, you know, it was really hard because I'd had such a great experience with the team that I was working in in Brisbane to come home and not find that immediately. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, have I made the wrong call? So yeah, like you said, it was a bit of self doubt and. Um, just being unsure. <clears throat> After that, I, I did find um, employment. I was working at a company in St Kilda for nearly three years and out of the blue, I received a phone call from our good friend, Kylie Tartman. <laughs> I was wondering when she's going to come into the story. Yes. <laughs> so Kylie and I have known each other for probably a similar time to you and myself. Kylie yep. and I used to do boot camps and stuff together way back when and so that's how I met her mm-hmm. um, but yeah she called me one day and she's like what are you doing are you happy where you are I would really love for us to have a sit down chat about a potential opportunity so I went and met her at her office in Sandringham and at the time with her business Charlton King she was running it purely as a property management based business but she wanted to branch out and do sales so she wanted to test herself and um, start that division herself and then she wanted me to come on board and look after the rent roll that she built from scratch a few years prior so I accepted her position and it was funny because I, I really believe in if you put things out to the universe and you manifest them that things happen mm-hmm. um, and I had I followed her journey for a while because I'd known her through boot camps, but I really liked the way that she operated from what I'd seen of her and what I'd spoken to her about about in between us doing push-ups and squats and stuff at boot camps. And I was like... That breathless stage, you go... Yeah, exactly. I just thought I would really love to work with her one day. And then I get this call a year or two later. So it was, yeah... I, I truly mm-hmm. believe. I truly believe yeah. that. Oh, look, I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. Opportunities, yeah. they present themselves so long as we're present for them. Correct. Yeah. I was working with Kylie. I sort of lost track of the timeline, but I think it was about three and a half or four years. Mm. Uh, we're working at Charlton King together and it was such a great, like a, a great environment to work in. She's very supportive. Yeah. She trusts, like trusted me to look after her clients and mm-hmm. I literally felt like when I was coming on board it was my baby that I was looking after with the portfolio um she taught me so much and I still think so highly of her from what we went through through that yep. period just the way that I I saw her interact with her clients I think it made me a better human and also a better property manager mm-hmm. Her... I think she she ran a really good business, and I know that I yeah. when I stepped into your role, you did you was, helped me. Yeah, yeah I was when just I went going back. Gee, oh, I'd be seven years ago or something like that. It's quite, it, yeah. it seems like a lifetime. But I, I think I was in Japan and thought, skiing. Sorry, I think I went away to Japan and I was skiing when you stepped in for me. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, you hate that. <laughs> I know. He says, he says through grit. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's well, why I dropped it. Yeah. That's why I dropped but, but it. I, but, yeah, but I've been three times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I walked into that rent roll and I basically had nothing to do because the whole thing was it was 
bet- particularly you, because you took it on after Kylie had started it, but mm. you had that run so efficiently mm. that all I was doing for the, I think it was three weeks or four weeks or something yeah, like that, all end. I was doing yeah. was babysitting. And it was just, yeah. I mean, and I got paid to do it. I mean, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember doing a handover with you, and then like when before I left, and then when I came back, and it was like, oh yeah, that 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 it was pretty yeah. smooth. That's right. Well, there was nothing. Look, yeah. you, you had it all set out, and that's that's tribute to. And this is why I wanted to talk to you because you you're you're such a. Uh, and I said before, you're you're bloody dynamo. So I know a bit about your personal life, but mm. you know, you you know, everything's organised, and you're one of the very few people I I know that's got such obviously clearly defined goals about mm. and, and understanding of yourself. So firstly, you've got to understand who you are, but you've also got to have those goals so clearly defined. How did you get to that point of where you could be so clear in, in, in what you're after? Because I think a lot of people, <clears throat> and I've done it myself from time to time, we, we get a little bit lost in the fog. Mm. How are you being able to stay so clear on on, on what it is that you're, you're, you're intending to do? <sighs> a really good question you weren't expecting that one were you i was not (laughs) expecting that and i don't really know how to answer that wasn't in the brief (laughs) no well this was scripted kirk (laughs) (laughs) nothing like no no, 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 as i said earlier like i've always been a worker Mm -hmm. to just i think my end goal is to always try and get the best outcome for my clients, whether it's a tenant or a landlord, or I should mm-hmm. say the resident residential rental provider and a renter now, but always try and get the best outcome regardless of what the situation is. And if it's not the mm-hmm. best outcome, trying to have an amicable resolution, I think that really, even during those challenging conversations with people, the end result and having something done and ticked off for me is a goal. Um, and that does bring me joy um, yep. in in trying to help as best I can in whatever the situation may be. I don't know. I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because somebody throws it, throws it, and that well, there was there wasn't in the brief. I know, but it was yeah, just one yeah, of those yeah. things. I thought because you are, you, you seem to be so clear about what it is you want, mm. and I'm just wondering whether that's something that's that, that's that, that's inherent in you, which has come from maybe one of both your parents or something along those lines. But it's also, I think, a, a thing that in property management, we've got to be so clear. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be grey, but we've got to be really clear about what we expect an outcome to be. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, you know a little bit about where I'm working at the moment mm-hmm. and I think it's really tricky because I can be very direct and I can be yeah. quite blunt to a degree depending on mm. who it is in the situations and trying to also have empathy and respect at the same time can be a fine line yeah it is what, and it's yeah yeah Sorry, go on. and what I was going to say is that I have I work with uh, my colleague Rachel who you have met mm-hmm. yep. um, and Rachel's Green, green to the mm-hmm. industry. She's been working with me for two years now, and me trying to—I want to say—I hate—I hate using this term, but I want to mould her to try and be mm-hmm. the better version of herself in terms of how she can be a great property manager. Yep. Her and I are completely different in terms of processes and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I wanted to try and 
instill in her that, yeah, how do I, how do I say it? Um, trying to get the best results for our clients still whilst mm-hmm. having that empathy and respect, but she's not as direct and um, yep. blunt as what I can be. And I feel that me trying to assist her along the way with that, mm-hmm. it's it's yep. really, really fine line. Does that make sense? I don't really. Yeah, it makes, it makes yeah. perfect sense. You see, the thing okay. is if, if you've got someone with you who's new to the industry and we've mm. we've got that experience behind us, we, yeah. we, we can speak with a bit more confidence and a little bit more assertiveness to to to, to our clients and, I, and I, you know, mm. anyone who knows me knows that I don't sort of differentiate between uh, tenants and, and landlords and I say yeah. I use those terms because they that's are common is. terms yeah. that's why they are the legal terms but I don't differentiate between clients and, and, and their needs we're always yeah. trying to find that balance but totally when you've got someone when you've got someone new and you try to mentor them and, and bring them along mm. there's always going to be that I guess a tentativeness in a lot of cases mm. with them. So what are you doing with Rachel that, that that is helping her to overcome that sort of tentative approach, I guess you'd call it? And that's not meant as a criticism because I know Rachel's probably going to listen into this. <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, well. Mm. <laughs> yes. So what's been your approach? Well, yeah, so initially because she was so green to it, I took her out with me everywhere we were going. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that she could listen to the conversations that I was having with people during open for inspections or routines and getting her stuck in. Like I literally threw her in the deep end at the beginning to do a condition report um, and then we did a vacate inspection together and she she loves them now. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but it's, it's part of the job. So yep. I threw her in the deep end a little bit with those types of things, but with the conversations that we have with people on the phone and on email and whatnot, I see see her in on a fair few of my emails just so that she can get a broader understanding of how I interact with my clients. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the legislative stuff is important. If someone's asking a question, I want her to know how I've responded into whatever, you know, regarding whatever the issue may be. Um, and, yes, like sending her to any relevant training that I think might assist her that I can't assist her with myself or I might not have like I don't know everything um Mm -hmm. but if I feel yeah yeah, if I feel like she might get something out of you know going to one of Hayley's sessions or you know one of Shane and David's sessions or Mm -hmm. you know reading your blogs that you send out sending her to those types of things I think is really important especially for someone like she's got a great energy about her and Mm -hmm. yeah she has I feel like she's got a really good drive as well. I've said to her many a time, and so has Luke, our CEO, that if she were to have started Green two years ago in the industry and wasn't working with someone like myself um, who who didn't care about what her future is going to look like, then I feel like she may not be in the industry mm-hmm. still. Yeah. yeah, but that's the importance of someone having someone as a really good mentor, mm. which is what you can call yourself in that situation, Yeah, to bring people along who who, who knew that little bit of extra. You can't just, and this, I think this this happened to, <clears throat> to me and I think it happens to to the majority of people. It's a case of you you are completely tossed in the deep end with no support yeah. around you. It's, mm. it's like the old mantra from years ago, well, there's your desk, there's your phone, best of luck, you're on your own. Yep. See you later. These days, yeah, exactly. And and mm. by the way, don't stuff up. But but these days, I think we we we're becoming more aware of that 
of the importance of mentoring, the importance of coaching and keeping mm. your education up and making sure that you become as knowledgeable and you absorb as much as you can. And as you said, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't yeah. matter whose training it is. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy. I've brought Hayley up before and I've brought David and Shane up before. I'm quite happy for them to get mentions in this as well because, mm. you know, once again, I, I've got my style, they've got their style. Everybody yeah, will exactly. gravitate towards different different people. Yep. But if you've got someone within an office mm. who can give you that guidance, who can say to you, look, you, you did well, but you could do better if you did mm. this and yeah. just redirect that energy a little bit and redirect yeah. That can redirect conversations and can lead to completely different outcomes. Totally. And sometimes what I've I've done this a fair bit with her recently, I was like, I'll flick her an email. I'm like, you tell me how you would handle this situation and what the best response would be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's done really well. Mm, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's. I think after a couple of years, yeah, you should she should yep. be able to do that, and and exactly. you should be able to do that as well. Say, okay. Tell me what you'd say in this situation, mm, because yeah. again, she may have, <clears throat> pardon me, may have a completely different take on it and different mm. perspective mm. than you. And I've had that with people before, staff that I've managed before. And I'm just mm. going, oh, that's I never thought of doing it that way. Mm. Yeah. See, again, and it's what we said earlier. We don't know everything. Yeah. And it's always being open to to learn from different sources. Exactly. So tell me, what are the, <clears throat> pardon me, what are the good bits do you think about? the job that we do oh, it's gonna sound so cliche mm, <laughs> but, I, people, yep. <laughs> it, no, but it is <laughs> it is i know it is that's why it yeah really we, i know is. yeah and not not just the people that i have as clients both the the owners of the property and the and the renters mm-hmm. but it's it's people like you and diane haley and mm-hmm. everyone that i've met in my 22 years along the way of real estate Everybody has taught me so much, whether it's a, a work lesson or if it's a life lesson. Um, like yeah. you and I have had some pretty interesting <laughs> conversations outside of work, which I very much appreciate. Mm. But yeah, I, it comes down to the people oh, and the team yeah, and, and the team is, that you yeah. work with as well. That's right, and it's not a cliche. Well, it, I mean, people can see of that is that if they like, but it's it's not really a cliche because that's why we do what we do. I mean, this mm. is a. <clears throat> And I think we all say it and, and, and probably give some sort of uh, acknowledgement to it, but this is a relationship-driven business. Yeah. We we survive and thrive on the strength yeah. of our relationships, whether it's with our clients or internally within the industry, and that's why yeah. we now see um, people collaborating a lot more rather than yeah. competing with each other, particularly um, when, when you're talking about some of the coaches, consultants and trainers around that I'm dealing exactly. with. I'm, I'm doing some some fantastic collaboration stuff behind the scenes and some of it's going to be public stuff soon too. Yeah. But, you know, there's all that going on. We, you know, we get to a point, I think I read it somewhere, I think it was Hermione a couple of days ago, said <clears throat> the competition is what happens below the line, collaboration is what happens at the top. Mm. I thought, gee, that's, that's I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'll, I might steal that and repurpose it for a, for a blog at some stage. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, but All hey, look, it's collaboration. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. But the, the people also come with their challenges. We know that. I mean, you know, relationships. As much as we'd like to think they're all, you know sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, what, they're not. You know, there are challenges in there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There are many yeah. challenges, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So how do you, when, and sort of, sort of, sort of t- using that as a, as a segue, I guess, how do you, when you get those challenges, bring yourself out? I mean, if you hit a flat spot, what do you do for you 
to, to, to lift you back up out of it. I love going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, is, mm-hmm. that is my outlet. I got into training when I moved back from Brisbane, actually, when I moved to, back home to Melbourne. So, yeah, about 11 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically weight training for the last eight or so years. Uh, yeah. That is, I just love the process of it. Not necessarily, you know, lifting X amount of weights at, you know, in mm-hmm. an eight-week challenge or whatever it is, but it's the whole process along the way, I think, um, in terms of your mental strength and, you know, seeing changes just obviously yep. with your body. But um, throughout your relationships as well, I think you prioritise the people that you want around you that are going to be a good influence on you because you have mm-hmm. a really good mindset um, as opposed to hanging out with someone who wants to, you know, party all the time and drink all the time and they're lazy. Yep, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I know my mood, I'm, I'm always in a better frame of mind the next day or for a couple of days after I've done a, a, a really solid workout. My, yeah. my, my, my workouts are insignificant when I've seen some of the, the videos <laughs> you post of yours. I'm just looking at it going, how even do you do that? <laughs> but you're uh, right, it is, yeah, it's incremental. You don't, mm. you don't go to the gym and expect to lift, you know, 50 or 100 kgs as a deadlift mm. or, or, or whatever. Mm. If you've not been training for it, you've got yeah. to build up to that. It's building that that physical muscle, but also the mental muscle, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's exactly. So right. that's and that's that's when you talk about the mental muscle. That's I think that's resilience mm. and confidence and belief in yourself to be able to get to that point where you know you know you can, and then you can mm. apply that. I mean, you look at what we were talking before about having confidence, instilling confidence in staff. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you're applying the same principle, but just in a different way. Yeah. So how how else have you? I mean, the 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 weight training, whatever, is is one way. What, yep. what else do you do to to sort of keep yourself at a running at an optimum level? I think that with the weight training, obviously, comes good nutrition. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of like mental health and that type of thing, it all falls under the same category. But um, I love listening to a really good podcast. Listening to other people's stories. I got a series. Going to, yeah. Oh, do you? What, what, what's yeah. it called again? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. Yeah. What is it? Please. <laughs> um, or going to inspiring conferences, or mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. even just calling someone and say, "Hey, I've had a mm-hmm. rough day. I need a vent." Yeah. Like that's all part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. So it's feeding the mind as well as the body. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I reckon that's probably a really good point where we can wind it up. I think time's yeah. going to run down on us very shortly. Just one really quick thing, and I'm, I'm starting to, to say this or ask this of people, is there a particular saying that you use as a mantra or just something in your head that from time to time you'll, 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 you'll bring out to help you keep going and that somebody listening to this might get some value from I heard, I was listening to an amazing podcast the other day, and mm-hmm. this is Clean something that uh, it was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and they were interviewing this woman who said the grass, it, something about the grass always being greener where you water it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So instead of people looking at it from the other perspective and say the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. If you water where you are, 
and you put energy into what you're doing and you have clear Mm -hmm. goals around it, then things happen and come to fruition. Yep, that's right. And the the, the flip side to that one is the the grass on the other side of the fence, if it's greener, is normally artificial lawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, and that's that's when it's viewed through, particularly viewed through uh, the prism of, of of social media. But that's mm. that's a whole other conversation that yeah. we had before, <laughs> <laughs> which which we won't go into now. Renee, thank you so much. I'm so deeply grateful for you for coming on, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Renee Whitehouse yes. from Harris Property Group. Thank you. It's been an absolute delight, and I will see you very soon. Thanks, Kirk. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. This series is proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and providing a total property care solution. Inspection Express, the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties. And Agent Dynamics, the Australian market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow and retain your property teams since 2014. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.